Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to Grace for Your Journey. So glad you're with us. If you're new, welcome on in. We're in 1 Kings, finishing up chapter 8. Solomon has built the temple of the Lord where God would descend in his very presence and power to consume offerings to forgive the people of their land. The temple would also become a central meeting place for the people of God. They would assemble there for a lot of reasons, not just religious things, but other things as well. This is really a central place for all the nation. So that building has been built. Solomon has dedicated it through prayer. He's finished his prayer, and now we pick up here. It's profound. You need to go back and read chapter 8 if you hadn't, if you've never done it, uh, to look at what Solomon has prayed and why it matters. So in verse 54, he says this. It says, Now Solomon finished offering all, the, all of this prayer and plea to the Lord, and then he arose from the altar of the Lord, where he had knelt with outstretched hands toward heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with, with, a, with a loud voice saying, Now, we don't understand blessings sometimes in the Western church or, or maybe even in the Eastern church at times, particularly in the 21st century. We don't get that. What does it mean for a pastor to pray a blessing? What does it mean for someone to bless a people? Well, basically a blessing is a prayer. It's going before the Lord on behalf of a person or a people and saying, God, I'm coming to you to ask you to be a blessing, to bless, to have favor upon this group of people. That's what a blessing is. It's just asking the Lord through prayer to be with someone in a special way. So he's, he rises up to bless the people. And he says this, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people according to all he has promised. Now, the first thing he says is, Blessed be the Lord for rest. Now, it's easy to jump over that. It's easy to read over that and not take a minute and pay attention. You have to remember where the people of God had been, or you won't understand the issue of rest. Throughout all of David's reign, right, which was just prior to Solomon, they were at battle. They fought. So the people hearing this blessing had brothers, parents, grandparents, and uncles who had fought, who had been in a time of war. Their entire life pretty much was one battle after another, after another, after another. And that will absolutely wear on the psyche and the spirit of a nation. Perpetual war, perpetual conflict, perpetual disruption will lead eventually to destruction. It always does. It will in your individual life. If you're a person who goes from one argument to another to another, from one sense of conflict to another to another, it will eventually destroy your life. You cannot exist like that forever. It will begin to write your soul. It just will, right? You can't do it as a nation. Nations cannot stay in a perpetual state of war and the nation be healthy and prosperous and grow. You just can't do it. It drains your economy. It drains your resources. It drains your people. It drains their, it drains their will. And so that was just prior to Solomon. Now, during Solomon, they shifted from war to building. They went into the largest building project ever known in Israel. It was huge. The temple and then Solomon's house were massive projects. It took unbelievable amount of wealth, people, right? Time and effort and work. It was amazingly painstaking. So it's easy if we forget the context to pass over this. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who's given rest to his people according to all that he has promised. Now, the second part of this is all he has promised. God will always keep his promises. Always, always, always. It goes on and says this. He goes on and says, not one word has failed 
of all his good promises, which he has spoken by Moses, his servant. Every promise God makes, God fulfills. Now, here's what we face today, and it's a problem, and you might be facing it right now. Maybe you've listened to a Bible teacher or been involved in a church or a fellowship or a group, and they've told you all of these promises that God makes to you. And so you live your life out thinking that God has promised me this, and it doesn't happen. Now, if that happens once, maybe you get over it. If it happens twice, maybe you understand it. But if you're having that happen perpetually in your life, then you're going to come to a place where you're going to have to make a decision. Either what you were told God promises isn't true, or God's not a promise keeper at all. Now, I will tell you, without any question, without any doubt, without any hesitation, reservation, or evasion, God is a promise keeper, 1,000%. But here's what happens. Oftentimes, people with good intentions, I'm not saying they have bad motives, they just have bad theology. They tell you God has promised you something, or God has promised you something that he hasn't promised you. For example, God doesn't promise us health. Now, does God heal? He absolutely heals. I, I pastor a church in Palatka, Florida. For those of you who don't know, that's in Northeast Florida, called Grace Fellowship. That's where I pastor. And we have seen God legitimately heal people when we follow the scriptures. What does James say? James says, if any of you are sick, let him call for the elders, anoint with oil, and pray the prayer of faith. Not the prayer of God's will, but the prayer of faith, so that you might be healed. We've done that, and we've seen God do miraculous healings. We saw a young man whose liver had pretty much shut down. He was on the liver transplant list at the University of Florida. We anointed him with oil. We prayed the prayer of faith. God healed him. It was so profound that one of his doctors asked his permission to take his records and share with their church said, I've always believed in miracles, but I've never seen one. We have seen God do miracles. Now, does God do that all the time? No, he doesn't do it all the time, but he does it some according to his will. So I absolutely believe that God is a miracle worker and does healings, but God doesn't promise you perfect health. And some of you have been sold the idea that if you just have enough faith, if you just believe strong enough, God owes you perfect health. God doesn't make that promise. He simply doesn't. Does he promise to heal? through a prescribed method? Sure, but that's after you've been sick. (laughs) That's after you've had a problem. So here's what's important to note. Right here, uh, what Solomon is saying is, God, everything you've legitimately promised, you will absolutely fulfill without a doubt, without any question. Then quickly he goes on, he says this. Now the Lord God will be with us, and as he was with our fathers, may not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline, as we incline our hearts toward him and walk in all of his ways, and as we desire to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. In other words, as we do, God, what you've asked us to do, we know you're going to be near us. That's what he says. He's blessing the people with this. He's praying that this is going to be true. Then he goes on and said, Let these words of mine, with which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God this day and this night. And may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel. In other words, keep us on track to do your mission. We have a mission. We want to stay on track. You have a mission. I have a mission. Our churches, fellowships, Bible studies, we have missions. And it's to advance the gospel. So God, keep us on that mission. That would be a blessing that we could pray over our congregations today. Uh, That all the peoples of the earth, listen, may know that the Lord is God. That's the mission. And that there is no other. Let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments at this day. It's our job to make God's name known throughout the world (laughs) and help people come into that relationship with him. Man, when we're committed to that, 
we're going to experience the nearness of God, the pleasure of God, and unbelievable favor and grace for every step of that journey that we're on. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray now a blessing on everyone who hears this today, that you would keep them close to you, forgive their sins. As they walk according to your way, O Lord, empower them greatly through the person of the Holy Spirit so we can do exactly what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God's blessings on you, and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody, and we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.